This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. It is such an honor and such a privilege to be here, and I want y'all to know that I will pay Joe later for all the nice things she said about me, but they're all true. <laughs> Again, to uh, Pastor Rob and Shauna and Pastor Bob and... Ellen, couldn't think right now. Uh, thank you so much. You know, um, it, it's an awesome thing when a pastor will allow someone else to step into the pulpit. And you never take that lightly. It's an honor and it's a privilege. And again, may I say thank you. And on behalf of Dr. Sandra Kennedy, uh, I say thank you. Dr. Kennedy has decided that the Lord has sort of redirected her right now. And uh, awesome things. We just celebrated our 35th anniversary of the church this past Sunday. And... Uh, uh, how many of y'all know my pastor? How many of y'all know Sandra Kennedy? Glory to God. Isn't she awesome? <laughs> Isn't she awesome? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have to go home and tell her. They said you were awesome, so there we go. But um, I want you to know, I mean, she's just such a phenomenal person, and she always tells me that when I go to make sure I tell people that she's taught me everything I know. So let's just go ahead and clear that up right now. And, uh, but four weeks ago, five weeks ago, she said the Lord told her to renovate our sanctuary in preparation for our 35th anniversary. And I'm like, you going to do what? And so, I mean, and we have a huge sanctuary. We can seat 1,600 people in there. So it was all new carpet, all new paint, all new shades, all new light fixtures, all new everything. But that wasn't enough. While we were doing, let's do the four years. And while we're doing, let's do the chapel. Our chapel seats 400. So it got new carpet, new paint, new foyer, new everything. But God did it. Now, I want you to hear what I'm telling you. You all think I'm just talking, but I'm teaching you. God did that thing. What man would have said was impossible. God can do anything we believe God can do. You hear me? But God is always willing to let us set the limits of how far he's going to move in our lives. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. How many of y'all came tonight needing healing in your body? Let me see your hands. Okay, praise God. How many of y'all need salvation tonight? Nobody's raising their hands. Well, glory to God. But there may still be someone here that just doesn't raise their hand because they don't understand that, you know, God has made a provision that we can be forgiven of our sins and born again, recreated in his image. We call that salvation. But God will not make anyone get saved. He offers the opportunity we choose whether we accept or decline. So it's never on God if someone doesn't get saved. Well, why would healing be any different? God will not make you get healed. God will present the opportunity and then you choose whether you're going to believe and receive or not. Okay? Okay. 
So hallelujah. Having said all, that was all free. Not charging you for that. But I do want to invite you uh, to visit our product table. And uh, I'm just showing you a smidgen of things out here. Um, Jean, if you will, I'd like to introduce you to my husband. He's such a blessed man. <laughs> this is Jean, my husband. Uh, in April, we will have been married 49 years. Yes. He will have a lot of stars in his crown for, you know, putting up with me. But nonetheless, what can I say? Uh, but on our product table, Gina will be out there. This is one of Pastor Kennedy's books. Some of you, y'all know who Sid Roth is? Anybody? Uh, this is a book called The Simplicity of Healing. And Sid Roth actually asked Pastor Kennedy to write this book. He said, people have made healing too difficult, too complicated. They need to know how easy it is to receive healing from God. And so she wrote this book. And uh, I particularly like the cover. Anybody like the cover? Good, because I fought the publisher tooth and nail to say it will look like this. Amen? So, do y'all like the cover now? Thank you. <laughs> Another one of Pastor Kennedy's books. Um, this happens to be one of my personal favorites. It's called Proving God. And this means what we do is we teach in this book how to go to the throne of God. And I love what God says. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace, present your case, and then he says, and let us reason together. You know, what a God we serve, that he would let you walk to the throne of God and say, present your case, and we'll reason, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is present it based on his word. Amen. But if you want to walk in great victory in any and every arena of your life, you need this book. Preparations for a move of God. I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, tomorrow in our uh, talk in the morning about healing ministries and moving on. But if you're here and you need healing in your body, this is Words of Life for Healing. This is a supernatural CD. Oh, felt empty. I was worried about it for a minute. But anyway, Pastor Kennedy came in the sanctuary several years ago. Our praise team, without anyone leading, began to play just beautiful music. And pastor stood for an hour and ministered on healing as God himself directed her. No notes, no script, nothing. And this thing has gone all over the world, and we have seen so many people healed. And I like to tell people it has an unusual anointing for sleep. Anybody in here ever have difficulty sleeping? Well, sleep is essential to good health. And, um, and so I would start listening to this, and I'd fall asleep. And I'd think I was a true heathen. <laughs> and I'd say, Lord, I'm trying to listen, but every time I listen, I fall asleep. Then I found out there was an anointing on this to help you sleep and rest. And you can still hear the word. You know, but your body is just in a state of peace and relaxation, and the word is just being poured in like a soothing balm, and it is awesome. 
And then we've repeated this one. And then just to throw out a couple of others, this is one I did recently called The Power of Healing Decrees and Declarations. And it teaches you about your authority and how to actually proclaim the scriptures, not just confess them, to make them a declaration. Because the Bible says once we decree or declare a thing, it is set in motion and established for us. I personally think you will like this, okay? Overcoming faith. You know, how many of us have something in our lives we need to overcome? If your hand doesn't go up, <laughs> you lie, you fry. We all have something to overcome in our lives. But again, God and his word is the means. And this will help you. And then this is just a personal favorite of mine, the, uh, the power of the cross. And it talks about what all Jesus did for us at the cross. And then this one, Joe particularly likes this. And again, it's gone all over the world. It's called Faith in Medicine. My background is I was a medical social worker for many years, worked in the mental health field. That's actually where I came to know Dr. Kennedy. And... Um, that's another story for another day. But at any rate, uh, and then I became an RN. And I actually worked as an RN for 16, 17 years. And uh, I began to see healing and faith and medicine and how they work together. And I remind you that God is the great physician. He is Jehovah Rapha. And uh, I used to like to tease the doctors I worked with. And I'd say, oh, by the way, I know your boss. <laughs> and they'd just look at me like, what do you mean? I'm almost. I said, mm -mm. his name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the great physician. And whether you know it or not, you work for him. And so, but this also tells you how to pray over your medicines, how to pray for your physicians. But one of the key things we do in our healing center at home is we teach people how to go through chemo and radiation and other treatments without side effects. So if you know anybody in that situation, I think they'll be blessed. And then we did not get the word out to y'all that we would be selling handkerchiefs tonight. But they're out there on the table, and I'll just hold one up so you can see it. This is a dove representative of the Holy Spirit. And each streamer coming out of his mouth is uh, a healing scripture. And this is actually out of a vision that the Lord gave Dr. Kennedy several years ago up in North Carolina. And uh, showed her. And it took her a year to find a graphic artist that could draw exactly what she saw. And uh, she came home and we went into the linen business. And uh, so these have been anointed. He told her to anoint them with oil from Israel. She literally, I mean, there's just nobody else like Dr. Kennedy. She sent someone to Israel to get the oil. You're like, couldn't you have ordered it? You know, what happened to Amazon? I don't know. But at any rate, uh, but it's already been anointed. Pastor Kennedy herself has already laid hands on every one of them. They are not allowed to go out until she personally plays over every single solitary one of them. And, uh, you know, based on the scripture where it talks about how Paul wore handkerchiefs and the anointing goes in to heal people and deliver them. There's also pet bat bandanas back there in case you have a pet that you want to see healed and healthy and whole. Glory to God. And um, 
I feel like I can't move here. Uh, but at any rate, there are baby blankets and afghans with the uh, healing scriptures on them. So, um, y'all, and now I'm talking because I'm waiting. And you're saying, what are you waiting on? I have no idea. But I've learned to do this. I've learned not to rush God. Um, can we just talk for a minute or two? Is that okay with y'all? Y'all look like you need to get woke up. Do we need to turn on some more lights or something? Uh, you know, I could sing a song, but then y'all would really need healing of your ears, so we won't do that. But uh, let me just tell you a little bit about my background. Again, I've already told you I was a medical social worker, an RN. And then um, through a series of unusual events, I came to Pastor Kennedy's church. And actually, we have been there about 30 years now. And uh, I gave up my nursing career to go and direct the healing center when we opened it. You may be interested to know that three years before we opened the healing center, the Lord told me I was going to be the director. Nobody was even talking about building it yet, and he was already teaching me things about directing the healing center. And uh, so I gave up my nursing career, and I came to work for the great physician. I came to work for Jesus. The healing center, I hold no bars at all in saying it's the greatest place on the face of the earth. There is such a presence of God. Joe has been there. She can tell you. There's such a peace of God and a presence of God in that place. We have now had people from every state, every continental state, to come to the healing center. We have been there. Um, I say this fall will be 20 years. Pastor says we've been there 19 years. And you think y'all don't work together. You don't know how long you've been there. But the difference is we actually started in the fall of 1999. I mean, of, um, yeah, that would be right, 1999. And then in February of 2000, Dr. Kenneth e. Hagen flew in on a Sunday, Saturday morning, uh, him and Mrs. Hagen, Keith Moore, a bunch of other guys from their ministry, and they came to bless the healing center and dedicate it to the Lord. And so that's our official anniversary, January, uh, February the 22nd. And so we've been there officially 19 years now. But in that time, we've also had people from over 20 nations come to the healing center from uh, as far away as Australia, Brazil, Israel, Malaysia, of course, Canada, Mexico, um, the Philippines. I can't think of all of them now. Germany, uh, Amsterdam. They've come, Holland, as you would call that. But at any rate, why am I telling you all of this? Because, again, the healing center has been there for all this long time, and we've never changed what we do. We are a teaching center. I am a teacher. Um, there are many offices in the body of Christ, and God chose me to be a teacher. And um, it's interesting because my husband can tell you that before all of this, I would never stand in front of a group and speak. I mean, you talk about nervous breakdown, couldn't breathe, break out in blotches and everything. But see, when God calls you, some of y'all need to hear this tonight. I don't know why I'm going in this direction. But when God calls you, 
You need to know that God will empower you and equip you to be and do what he has designed you before the foundations of the earth. He created and designed your spirit and already had a plan and a purpose for your life. My plan, my purpose was to move into the healing ministry. When I was five years old, um, my babysitter had a little problem with her next door neighbor. And he came over and he demanded that I be reprimanded, chastised severely, as they used to say back in the dark ages when I was little. And he said, you have to make that girl quit preaching to my children. Because I'd gather them all up, I'd put them under a tree, and I'd preach to them. And uh, I remember she said, I can't make her do anything. That's just who she is, you know. And so then I went on, and as I got older, every time there was somebody sick in the neighborhood, they'd come get me. I mean, I'm a kid, and they'd come get me to stay with them, help them. Give them their medicines. Help them. I remember the man across the street had had a stroke. And they'd come get me to do his physical therapy. I was 13. What did I know? But I did it. And he responded beautifully. And as time went on, and then when I became a social worker, where did I go? Into the medical side of it. And then... One day, God finally got my attention, and I came home. I never will forget it. I told Jean, I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm going back to school, and I'm going to be a nurse. And it took him three days to quit laughing at me. <laughs> he said, sure you are. You're terrified of a needle. You can't stand the sight of blood. If one of the kids even gets a splinter in their finger, I have to come home from work and get it out. And you are going to go to school and be a nurse. I said, yep. I believe that's what God wants me to do. So off to nursing school I went and I became a nurse. And I learned a valuable lesson, Pastor. I really did. I found out that I could stick you with a needle. And it didn't hurt me a bit. <laughs> Fear of needles, gone. Poof, just like that. But the blood thing was still a little difficult, so I chose to be a heart nurse, a cardiac nurse. And I could watch them on the monitor. I didn't have to have blood and guts involved. You know, I liked that. But I did love to start IVs. <laughs> Any of y'all ever had an IV put in? Any of y'all know what an IV is? Hello. Some of y'all are here. Some of y'all I'm not sure about yet. But anyway, um, you probably would have loved for me to have ever started your IVs because I did them differently than the procedure book said to do. Now, I'm a great believer in policy and procedures, and I did it different. You mind being my example? Sure. Uh, may I have your arm, please? I go in a room, and I say, hi, I'm Velda, and I'm going to be starting an IV on you. And they go, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Good. Thank you. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a certain way you prep the site and you clean it. You put the little, you know, doodad on there and uh, tighten it up good. And you clean the site. And then you get your little, you know, catheter thing ready. And just as I was about to stick, I'd say, oh, by the way, listen, you're going to pray. And I'm going to put in the IV. I got some funny looks, just like I'm getting from y'all. 
But I tell you what, if they'd never prayed before, they prayed then. <laughs> so we'd get ready, and then I'd say, Here I am, Lord. You do this. And I would close my eyes. And allow Holy Spirit to lead me. And pop. I, it became known. I was in on the first stick every time. But not because I was doing it. Because God was doing it. Do you understand? And so see I'm going back to telling you. When God's got a call on your life. He will empower you. And he will equip you. Your job is to trust. Just trust him. He'll take you where you need to go. He'll show you what you need to do. And I told you all a while ago, I'm still waiting. I'm saying, God, you're going to show us something tonight? But I come back, and part of it is, as we were doing praise and worship and sitting here, I had this unusual desire to take a nap. <laughs> and I realized it was because the peace of God and the presence of God that we so sense in the healing center had come into this place. So I'm telling you right now, God's in the house. And whatever you need, you need to start trusting him. If I can start an IV with my eyes closed, and most nurses I know, they can't start one with their eyes open. But hey, we won't talk about them. That wouldn't be nice. And so... <laughs> Um, these people don't have a real good sense of humor. <laughs> I just thought I'd fill you in in case you didn't know it, okay? They don't laugh at me. They don't laugh at I don't know what's wrong with it. I took one look at you and wanted to laugh. <laughs> oh, Pastor Kennedy and I decided a long time ago, if this preaching stuff don't work out, we're going on the road as comedians. We like it. We like to laugh. We like, do y'all like to laugh? You like to have fun. You know, Jesus was fun-loving. He went to weddings and parties, and he danced. Did you know Jesus danced? Oh, my. Okay. Well, at any rate, he did at the weddings and at the parties and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, but anyhow, God's in the house. That's all I can tell you right now. And so what I'm trying to do is get you to get your focus off of me and get your focus on him. Release your faith that God is here. He's here to meet your needs tonight. You may want to know. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus is actually here over in this area right now. And uh, he's just sort of walking around looking at people and wanting to minister to them. And, you know, that takes faith to believe that. But I can assure you Jesus is in the house. And so, uh, and he's doing some things for people right now. You know, I don't know you, and you're probably glad, but Jesus knows you, and he knows exactly what you need. See, we know what we want, but God knows what we need, and so just start trusting him. Y'all ready to get into the word? Okay. I want to talk to you tonight about trusting God's word as truth. And so, I hope you brought your Bibles tonight. You know, I personally think it should be the law. Don't leave home without it. You never know when you're going to need it. And uh, 
in part of our healing ministries, we have a threefold healing ministries, healing team, healing center, and healing conferences and healing explosions like this. And we don't allow our team members to use anything but a real Bible. Now, for some of you young ones, even if you're just young at heart, I know you think, but I've got a device. You in big, 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 big trouble if that device dies, and they've been known to do so. But let me tell you what, your book, it's solid. It's there all the time. Uh, one more quick story, and then I'll just go on and do what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, I just keep waiting. I know God's doing with something with somebody. And so if all of a sudden you know God has touched you and ministered to you and you've already received what you're believing for, please don't hesitate to jump up and shout, I got it. It's all right. Just say, I've got it already. You got it already. See, I told you he was over there. Amen. Glory to God. So that's awesome. Does anybody remember now what I was going to tell you all? I know I've got so many stories. What do I know? No, I'm not going to tell about my mama. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it, Joe, just because she wanted me to. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the doctor, yes. I used to work for a doctor, and, uh, you know, in case you're worried, this is a King James Bible. And uh, one day I made a mistake, and I said to this particular doctor, we were arguing actually over healing. And he was telling me how wrong I was, that, you know, everybody does not get healed. And I said, I know everybody doesn't get healed, but that doesn't mean everybody can't get healed. Because God made the provision just like everybody won't get saved. But, you know, they could if they wanted to. And uh, so I made the mistake of quoting a scripture to him out of, I'm scared to say it, the Amplified Bible. He just had himself a Holy Ghost fit. Well, it wasn't really quite Holy Ghost fit. Right there in the hall of the hospital. And he started yelling at me, No Velda, no Velda, no Velda. King James Version only. The one Jesus used. <laughs> just as serious as he could be. But anyway, so in case y'all think I've got a trick Bible, King James only, okay? So let's look at Acts 10.38. And uh, I'm just going to ask you some things tonight. First, Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, that's a pretty phenomenal statement, that Jesus, who had been called by God the Father, anointed by the Holy Ghost, had been given power or anointing, as we might would say, went about doing good. Can you say doing good? And healing all. Can you say all? all. Can you spell all? Y'all yeah. are so smart. I'm really proud of you. Is that true? Oh, you say yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Some, some of you are going, I don't know, is that a trick question? I'm not sure. But think about it. This is one of my favorite scriptures because you see God the Father, God the Holy Ghost, and God the Son united in a purpose right here. And it says he went about doing good and healing. So undoubtedly God considers healing a good thing. And so Jesus, it says, went about healing all. Now, that's where people start stumbling. And they go, did he really heal them all? Well, he healed all of them that would believe and receive from him. He was there. The power was there. The anointing was there. Holy Ghost was there. Father God was overseeing, supervising. And yet, I am sure there were some in the crowds who walked away and said, not for today. Are not for me. It was too good to be true. There are people today that are still saying too good to be true that God would heal all. So we have to begin to investigate this topic called truth. When we begin to look at the Word of God, there's so much, like in Psalms 103. Let's just flip there right quick. I promise we won't be here later than midnight. And we will see, you know, no more than 100 or 150 scriptures. Are y'all okay with that? They got real quiet. Let's look at Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, what's the next word? All his benefits. You know, it's important here that God's saying to us, don't forget them. But may I remind you, you can't forget what you don't already know. And so he lists these benefits for us to make sure that we know them. And he says, here's one of the benefits of God. He forgives all, say all, of thine iniquities. He heals all, say all, thy diseases. That's a big statement. God will forgive all of your iniquities, all of your sins. All he's doing is looking for a repentant heart. And he will forgive all. And therefore, he will heal all who will simply believe and receive from him. I love the next one, who redeems our life from destruction. I tell people to mark out destruction and put the disease they're dealing with. See, you got to learn to make the word personal. Make it apply to you in your situation. Who redeems my life from, and then you fill in the blank, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, whatever is that destructive process operating in your life, you need to take God at his word and apply it to you personally who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, this is my favorite verse, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, that is a mouthful of benefits. That's a mouthful of promises, so to speak. And the question boils down again, are they too good to be true? Does God really do that for each and every one of us that will believe and receive from him? Truth, truth, truth. You know, here lately, I don't know about you, but I know about me. It's real hard to find truth anymore. 
Truth is a universal topic, and everyone seems to be running around to seek and know the truth. Now, the Bible teaches us that speaking truth is essential to establishing and maintaining a pure relationship with God. You cannot go to God with a bunch of lies and expect to have a good, pure relationship with Him. So why in the reverse, would God come to us with lies and expect us to maintain a pure relationship with Him? Come now. You're going to have to settle this for yourself. I can't settle it for you. Your pastors can't settle it for you. This is something you have to determine on your own. There are 222 scriptures in the Bible that regard truth. So it must be a big deal to God, okay? And the Word of God is our direct line of communication with Him and from Him. And so I have to get to this point that I can establish it as truth. So many people nowadays, I, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I don't understand what in the world is going on in the world today. Everybody wants to define their own truth. They define truth as what they consider relevant. They define truth as what they like or dislike. If I don't like it, well, that can't be true. And if I do like it, that must be true. You know, I, and that's not in just the world, people. Come on now. It is in the church. You go in the church today. We can't talk about the cross. That's in days gone by. That's cruel. We don't want to sing songs. Thank God I heard y'all singing about the blood of Jesus tonight. But in so many churches, you're not allowed to speak of the blood anymore. If we can't talk about the cross and we can't talk about the blood, what are we doing here? Come now. And so we try to determine truth based on the relevancy to our life. I know one pastor that we've followed and known from years, and he has now made a statement, we need to be unhinged from the Old Testament. It's no longer relevant. Y'all, God said he doesn't change. Read Malachi 3.6. He said, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. He's the same God as he was before the foundation of the earth. He's the same God that will be after the earth is destroyed, before we have a new earth and a new heaven. Come on, wake up, people. You better be deciding just because you don't like it, you don't understand it, you don't want to receive it, that does not change the fact that God's word is truth. Can I get one amen out of that? God's a good God, and God loves us. We look in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And by the way, this is the scripture that our home church, Whole Life Ministries, was established on. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there, God identifies who we are. We are tripartite beings. We are a spirit. Say spirit. We have a soul. That is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we just happen to live in a house called the body. 
God said right here, he wants to sanctify us, set us apart from sin and the effects of sin in the world, spirit, soul, and body. He wants us whole, nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking in us. That is the word shalom, the God of peace, shalom. Many of you, how many of you have never heard the word shalom? It is a Jewish... Well, thank God. Most people think that when we hear the word shalom, it is a Jewish blessing or a greeting like hello. It is not. It is a pronunciation of a blessing over someone that they may be found whole, nothing broken, nothing missing, and nothing lacking from them. Now, that's a pretty good state to be in. How would you like to walk out of here tonight with nothing broken in you? Nothing lacking in you. Amen? Totally whole, totally complete. But look what he said. I want to do it for your spirit. Well, the only way your spirit can be whole is to be born again and dwell by the Spirit of God himself, created again and again in a new image. It's not just a recreation. He takes out the old, puts in a new, that there's nothing broken in your spirit. So, you know, people talk to me all the time about being, you know, spiritually sick. I said, you're only spiritually sick if you're spiritually dead. And the only way you're spiritually dead is if you're not born again. Come on, somebody ought to be shouting, thank you, Jesus, by now. And then he said he wants you whole in your soul. That's, again, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the Bible teaches us the only way to do that is to renew the mind with the Word of God so we begin to think the thoughts of God. <gasps> I can think the thoughts of God? Yes, if you renew your mind with His Word. You're going to begin to think his thoughts. You're going to think like him. And then you don't have to have depression, anxiety, fear, and worry. That is, we see the increase in depression in this nation is overwhelming these days. We have more people on psychiatric drugs than any other drug next to the opiates. You know why? Because their minds are broken, their souls are broken, their emotions are broken. They need to be made whole. And God said, I want you whole. I want your soul whole. I don't want you living in fear and torment. The suicide rate is unreal in this nation anymore. It's because of the souls that are broken. Come on, people. It's time we wake up and start really knowing who God is and what his desires are for us. And, of course, he wants our bodies whole. He does not want us sick. He does not want us infirm. He does not want us in any way debilitated. God never does that. Please hear me tonight because there are those that will tell you God put that on you to teach you something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God uses one way and one way only to teach his people and that's through his word. Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. 
He did not go about making sick, infirmed, and afflicted to teach people something. He came to take that away from them. He wanted to teach them who God the Father is and how much God the Father loves him because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's a healing God. And so we begin to look at these things and say, really? Really? Can I really be whole? Yes, because the God of peace, the God of shalom, it's his heart's desire that you have nothing broken, missing, or lacking. That was the ministry of Jesus, was the ministry of shalom. He came so we could be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. He took care of all three arenas by the life he lived and the sacrificial death he died. And yet we have just taken it as something passe that's in the old days. That doesn't matter. Healing's passed away. How can it be passed away if God is still alive? Come on. Am I, am I talking to anybody tonight? Jesus. How many of y'all know who Jesus is? Let's just back up and get to the root of the question here. Mercy's sake. In John 10.10. 10, now, please forgive me because I'm going to diverge from the, new, from the King James, okay? But... Just to prove to you it's in here, you can read in John chapter 10 and verse 10. It's even written in red. So we know Jesus said it, right? <laughs> the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm come that they, who are the they? The ones that the enemy's trying to steal from, kill, and destroy. That they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I like this out of the Passion Translation. It says it so differently. Jesus says, a thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Somebody ought to start shouting, thank you, Jesus. See, I want, I want you to get the picture. Jesus never said the enemy comes to make sick. He says, yes, he came to steal from you, steal your life, steal your health. This is true. Steal your wealth. He'll steal anything. My daddy used to say, you know what? If you'll lie, you'll cheat. If you'll cheat, you'll steal. If you'll steal, you'll kill. And if you'll kill, you'll do anything. Sounds like the devil to me. You know, some people I just think got devil in them these days. How about y'all? But anyway, when Jesus made this awesome, awesome statement, he used here in this translation the word slaughter. Do you understand the enemy is not content just to see you sick and suffering? He wants to literally take you to a slaughterhouse. It's a brutal death. It's a painful death. All of your life blood drains out of you. 
He wants you to suffer and die. Not just get sick and pass away. See, we need to quit playing with sickness. I'm a nurse. I've seen it. I understand it. Oh, it's just a cold. Until the cold becomes pneumonia. And until pneumonia becomes respiratory failure and respiratory failure, somebody's gasping for their last breath and they die. You should never accept any form of sickness as natural. There's no such thing. It's all rooted, grounded, and based in the works of this demonic, hindrous, evil being known as Satan. I'm not saying if you've got a sickness, it's because you sin. I'm saying it's the effect of sin in the world since the fall of man. And then Jesus came to make a way away from that. But too many people are being taught that's not for today. That's not for now. It's not for you. I had a man one time came to the healing center. His name was Jim. And Jim had been to the doctor. And the doctors told him, said, you have metastatic cancer. And there's absolutely nothing we can do for you. Nothing. You need to go home and get your affairs in order. You are going to die. Jim called me up. I'll never forget it. And he said, I'm coming to that healing center. I said, okay. He said, no, you don't get it. I thought, well, you said you're coming. I said, okay, must be something I'm missing, right? He said, I cannot die. I said, okay. He said, no, you don't get it. I'm beginning to feel like my little grandson, Benny, who says, don't you get it? Don't you get it? Don't you get it? And I'm like, no, I don't get it. But at any rate, the long story short of it was, he said, listen to me. I have a wife. I have a son. And I have a mortgage. I cannot die. <laughs> and I said, it's perfectly okay with me if you live. Come on to the healing center. So Jim came and we began to do what we do, which is simply teach the word. Just pump in the word. Proverbs 4.22 says that the word of God is life, health, and medicine to all of your flesh. Again, being a nurse, I relate it to somebody's very sick. They come in. We put in a spiritual IV, and they say, thank you, Jesus. She didn't try to stick me with her eyes closed, so we just put in a spiritual IV. We hook them up for, to an infusion of the medication of the Word, and we just let it keep running in. Just like in the hospital, if they hook you up to a bag of medicine and it runs empty, what do they do? They hang up another bag. And you just keep letting it run in until it does what it needs to do. So that's what we were doing with Jim. And one day, one of the girls in there came and said, Velda, we think we should pray for Jim. Anoint him with oil and pray for him. And I said, well, let me wait. Let me see. The Bible says don't be quick to lay hands on people. I need to seek God and see if Jim is ready to receive or not. Now, some of you are going to learn a lesson about that right now. You don't lay hands on anybody and everybody because you like to do that. Come on. 
You better seek God. You better know what God wants done. Because if they're not ready to receive, you're going to send them away in a position they can no longer believe. Now you listen to me. And if you come before you're ready, you're going to set yourself up for hurt and disappointment. And you're going to make it look like God doesn't work. And that's the truth, Pastor. But at any rate, I sent my worker away. By the way, all my workers are volunteers. You might like to know that. And um, I prayed. And I said, God, I need to know, is Jim ready? And he said, yes. So I went into the room <coughs> where they were ministering to him. And I walked over and I said, Jim, we'd like to um, pray for you today if that's okay. He said, that's okay. And so I picked up a Bible, and I turned over to James, and I read him the Scripture. You know, if there's any sick amongst you, let them call for the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, pray the prayer of faith that will save the sick. And I said, do you mind if we do that? He said, do you mind if I read that for myself? I said, not at all. I read it to you out of your Bible. He read it. Tears began to run down his face. He said, Val, I've been a Sunday school teacher in my church for 20 years. I've never seen that scripture. My church doesn't believe in healing. We don't teach on it. We don't preach on it. We don't hear about it. It's not in our quarterlies that we teach out of. Mm-hmm. He said, I've never even seen that scripture. I said, but Jim, see, this is the question for you tonight. Do you believe it? And he said, if it's in the word of God, I believe it. So we got the oil. We anointed him. We prayed for him. That was on Thursday. And Jim left. On Tuesday, Jim came back, and he said, <laughs> I went back to my doctors, said, and they said, oh, we must have made a mistake. <laughs> no metastatic cancer. And Jim lived. I guess he's found by now. He's paid off his mortgage. I hope so. God bless him. But listen. There's purpose in what God does too. Jim's son went on to become a pastor who believes in healing and will minister and tell people the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's worth a thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, Jesus would make awesome statements. He said, I came to give you life, to give you everything. In abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. You know, that sounds pretty good. It sounds real impressive unless you're hurting, unless you're sick. Perhaps you've even had a death sentence pronounced over you like Jim did. And someone's telling you you can have life to an extent that it overflows from you. That word overflow is interesting there. It means a surplus, an overspill, an excess, a surfeit, an overabundance, an oversupply, even a plethora. Now, you got to know you're doing good when you got a plethora. 
You know, it's like I have an aunt. My aunt is now 91, 91 and a half actually now. And uh, she's still functioning and doing and whatever. And uh, she'll come, like, particularly for uh, holiday dinners and stuff like that. And I always fix her plate and take it to her. And when she finishes eating, I'll say, Aunt Rose, would you like some more? And she goes, oh, no. I have had a superfluous sufficiency. (laughs) And I love that because that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants to bless us to a degree. We can say, oh, no, thank you, no more. I've got a superfluous sufficiency. So the answer has to come down to this. But do you really believe what Jesus said? And everybody in here, I guarantee you, if I walked up and down the aisles right now and I said, do you really believe that's what Jesus wants you to have? They say, oh, yes, yes, but, but my doctor said, but my labs say, but my x-rays say, but my body says. So then the real issue is, see, it's not about what you know, it's about what you believe. Do you really believe? believe about what Jesus has said. You know, people have hindrances to healing. And Pastor Kennedy just loves to call me up and, and you know, try to get me all flustered and say something crazy. And so she'll say, Velda, come up here a minute. And I go up there and she'll say, tell me what you think is the biggest hindrance to healing. Well, being the smart cookie I am, I used to would say, well, it's ignorance. Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for a lack of knowledge or ignorance. And that sounds real scriptural, doesn't it? You know, but what I found out, it's not true. That's not the biggest hindrance. It really isn't. Because, see, too many people are not ignorant. I know them. You know them. They're the ones that can recite the scriptures, know the scriptures, even preach the scriptures. Hello. But they're not really truly believing the scriptures. Mark 11, uh, 24 says, if you believe, you shall receive. So what I found out was there just wasn't enough receiving going on. So if there's not enough receiving going on, there must not be enough believing going on. The question boils down to this. What do you believe? Not the person sitting next to you. Not your pastor. Not your best friend. Not me, especially. What do you believe about the Word of God and how it is or is not absolute truth when it comes to being applied to you in your situation? That's something to stop and think about. Jesus. It's been said that Jesus spoke the greatest words ever spoken. There's books written about that. My question is, how can the words of one man rise above all those ever spoken by great men and women throughout the ages? What would qualify your words to be deemed as the greatest words ever spoken? So I'll help you figure it out. 
To qualify, it must meet these requirements. It would have to reveal amazing truths, provide astonishing, miraculous benefits, generate life-altering effects, give hope to the hopeless, peace to the tormented, transform the most wretched of beings, provide liberty to the captive, give sight to the blind and cause the lame to walk and the sick to be healed and the dead to rise. There's only one man ever whose words have consistently done that. I know. I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen the ten brain dead people come up. I've seen the dead rise. And as Joe mentioned earlier, my own mother died three times. And we saw God raise her up. I've seen others raised from the dead. I've seen unbelievable miracles. Y'all like testimonies? Want me to take a break and give you a testimony? In case you're tired of just hearing me talk. <laughs> Our healing teams, Joe alluded to those... We're allowed in every hospital in a 16-county radius of Augusta because we have built a reputation of being trustworthy. We've gone into shock trauma units where children, particularly one little boy I remember so well on a New Year's Eve, had been in one of those, what do you call those, four-wheel, all-terrain vehicle things. I hate them. And um, he had gone over the handlebars, crushed his head, brain dead they would not even let his parents in he was dying all they wanted was permission to take him off life support but when I went to the door I asked to see the charge nurse see I'm smart enough to know who to talk to the charge nurse and I told her that we were from whole life ministries we had on our little badges and she said to you I will let in and I got my team in the door, and then I begged, please let the mama and daddy come. I will take personal responsibility for them. And we go in there, and there's this precious little boy, about eight or nine years old, no signs of life, on a ventilator, drips to sustain blood pressure and all this kind of stuff going on. And I look at this mama and daddy, and their hearts are breaking. And what do I say? All I can say is what Jesus said. He's the healer. And so we begin to administer the medication of the word to this little boy. We ministered. We anointed him with oil. We prayed the prayer of faith and we left. Listen to me. It appeared nothing had changed. We get back to the church and in just a little while... We got a phone call. The doctors came back in and said they can't explain what's going on, but something's different. Within 48 hours, that child was home out of the hospital with no deficits whatsoever. Why? Because the word of God is truth. He sent his word and healed you. 
and delivered you from all your destructions. Only God can say that. Only God's word can prove consistently over and over and over again that God is not a man he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, that settles it. Can we please come to the point that we believe him more than we believe our medical reports, our doctor reports, our body reports? I got another phone call one day. You know, sometimes I just think, why even keep on? If you don't believe the word of God, there's really no need for me to give you testimonies. But I hope that the testimonies will encourage you to believe. We got a phone call one day. And they said that... Um, there was a young man who had been a former University of Georgia football player. Go dogs! Woof, woof. I know where I'm at. <laughs> you notice I wore red. <laughs> but at any rate, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful young man. And they had said nothing else to do for him. We can't help him. We're going to take him down to surgery and harvest his organs for donation. So I'm leading the team. We're a team ministry. And we go. And we stood outside that young man's door. And I kept looking at my team saying, have you got anything? Has God told you anything? We have to have somewhere to start when we go in. Please, somebody, tell me. Somebody else over here is about God's, God's working on you. Let me know when something happens with you, okay? And so... Nobody has anything. And so the time came and we had to walk in the door. Now, here's the situation. Young man laying here. Mama and daddy standing there. My team's around the foot of the bed. And I'm up here by his shoulder. This shoulder. I don't know my left from my right. This shoulder. And, you know, I introduce us. We're the healing team from Whole Life Ministries. We've come today to administer the word of God. And we believe that word can raise your son up off this bed of affliction. Do you understand they had already taken him to surgery to harvest his organs? They had already cooled his body down to start the surgery. When the mama said, no, stop. I won't let you do it until a healing team comes to my son now you talking about a last minute God but he's always right on time and so as we stood there I'm looking at this mother kind of resemble her and all of a sudden I'm not one that can quote scriptures chapters and verses you know I know them but I may assign them to anything. I don't know. But anyway, I'm honest. At least I'm honest. And so I looked at this mother, and all of a sudden a scripture came to me with chapter and verse. And I quoted the scripture, and it was a scripture I wasn't really familiar with. And then another one came, and another one came, and another one came. Forty-five minutes. I never stopped speaking the word of God when I finished I mean it just like it started it stopped and I'm just like I don't know what just happened here and the mama looks at me and she said do you know what you just did I said no ma'am she said my son has five pages of scriptures he has stood on every day for his healing 
And you just went from scripture to scripture to scripture. The power of the Holy Ghost living in us. Thank God. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. So I said, do you mind if we anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith? And she said, no, not at all. Y'all do remember OR teams waiting downstairs to take him back, harvest his organs, let him go. We prayed over him. We said our goodbyes. And I turned to walk away from the bed. And out from under the sheets, Jean, a hand came caught a hold of me and would not let me go. This lifeless body caught a hold of me with a strength that I couldn't pull away from. And Jamie had come to life. Jamie was healed and walked out of that hospital based on the word of God alone. If God would do it, for those two young guys, what will he do for you? The first little boy? Huh. You said, well, they must have been great saints of God. Two weeks later, the daddy came to church, got born again. None of the family was born again. Do you see the importance of the healing ministry? Do you see why testimony is so important? You don't get healed for the sake of you just feeling better. You get healed so you can give God the glory. Amen. That other people can learn from your story. And so I encourage you tonight. The whole time, you see, you don't understand. I've been ministering to you. I've been medicating you. I've been pouring the word of God into you. Waiting to see what you will do with it. So here comes these questions again about truth. Every word Jesus ever said, the greatest words ever spoken, yes, they met those criterias. So then we have to deal with ourselves. The great question of what if. What if Jesus really is the Son of God? What if the words spoken by Jesus were the greatest words that have ever yet to be spoken? What if these words that sound too good to be true really are true? What must I know? See, this is a time to look in. Look at yourself. What is it that I must know about him that will truly convince me of the truth of his word? What's my blocks? What's my stops? What's my hindrances? I said earlier, God is not a man, to, he should lie. But out of the message translation, it says, God is not man, one given to lies, and not a son of man, changing his mind. Does he speak and not do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? See, Jesus could never, ever speak a word in error, inaccuracy, or miscalculation. Because if he ever spoke one word that was not pure truth, it would make us believe that any word he spoke could be contaminated and not be pure truth. There's something about purity and truth. You know, once upon a time in a land far away, I decided to be healthy. 
<laughs> and y'all go, well, you were a nurse. I'm sure. Yeah, I know lots of things. I don't drink water. My grandma told me to rust my insides, and I believed her. <laughs> I think chocolate cake is the most nutritional food on the face of the earth. Everybody should eat it every day. Come on. You know, I know lots of things about healthy living. After all, I was a cardiac nurse. I was a nephrology nurse. I was a nurse supervisor of a hospital. I know what you should do. <laughs> what you ought to do, you know. <laughs> but once upon a time, I decided I was going to be healthy, and I found out that blueberries were good for you, right? So I went to the grocery store, and, uh, oh, we got to wrap it up. But anyway, I went to the grocery store, and I bought me this big, expensive bottle of blueberry juice. And I figured I could just drink some of that every day and it'd be good for me. And I'd get all those things they talk about, antioxidants and vitamins and minerals and macronutrients and micronutrients. I just wanted the stuff to taste good. You know, I don't care. But at any rate, I take my expensive bottle of juice and I go home. And I pick the bottle up and I said, huh, I don't see what's in here. What should it say? Blueberries, right? Well, it said it had water, and it had citrus something, another, other, and phosphide something, another, other, and something else. And I, there was a list this long of ingredients. I didn't see blueberry on there anywhere. <laughs> so here's my point. Was it pure blueberry juice or not? Mm. What if I told you that way down at the bottom, in little teeny tiny print, like where that says premiumwaters.com, can you see that? What if it had said arsenic? Last ingredient, teeny tiny print, so there couldn't be much in there, right? Do I still drink it? Why not? It's just a little bit. Surely a little bit won't hurt you. Just like a little bit of lie won't contaminate the Word of God. You read God's Word, I'm telling you, the ingredients are going to read truth. That's all it's going to say. It's the truth of His Word, and I can believe it, and I can trust it. It will do me good, and it will not do me harm. Just a few notes to throw out at you. 53 verses in the Bible refer to whether or not Jesus announces and brings truth, where he identifies himself with truth. In 48 verses, Jesus says, Truly or truly, truly, I say unto you. John 16, 7, But I tell you the truth. John 8, 14, Even if I testify my, about myself, my testimony is true. John 8, 40, you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. John 8, 45, but because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. Is that not appropriate for this time and ages we live in? We speak truth and people won't believe us because it doesn't match up with what they want to hear. So they just disregard it and say it's not truth. My personal favorite of these is John 8, 46. 
Jesus said, If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? Why do you not believe him? Are you calling God a liar? Or we go, oh, no, no, no. I never, ever call God a liar. Then you'd have to... for me because I suffer with kidney problem. I go to the dialysis three days. Okay. At the end of this, I am going to, I'll pray for you at the end of the service. Is that okay? Okay. I promise you, I will. Thank you. Glory to God. That's right. I told y'all God's touching people, moving, moving on some people. You better be checking yourself. Some of you that have had lumps and bumps, you might want to check, see if they're gone, okay? Anyway, you won't call God a liar. You'll say things like, yes, I know, but. Oh, I know, I know God's the healer, but. I know I can be set free of kidney disease, but. I know this, but it runs in my family. I know this, but at my age and stage. But where did God say the word works up until a certain age and then it quits? I don't plan to find that age. I found out. I don't know about you. I know about me. I found out in the word. I can live to be 120 years old. I'm still a mere youngin. There's no age limit. There's no genetic limit. You know, you say, but it runs in my family. Well, kick it out of your family. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. If I believe, here's our quote. If I believe that Jesus came from God to reveal God and carry out the will of God, that he is the son of God. Therefore, if I believe God, then I have to believe Jesus. And if I believe Jesus, now I got to believe God. Can you say that three times fast? Let's settle it once and for all. This book right here is the only standard of truth you will ever find. Anything else, this is the standard by what all other alleged truths must be compared. Now listen, I know what your x-rays say, and I know what your doctor's reports say, and thank God for good doctors, even more so for good nurses. Thank you. But what they tell you, they tell you to the best of their ability and knowledge. You do know that God knows more than the best doctor and, yes, even the best nurse. So why am I going to take their word above his word? I'll tell you why. Because we live in a sense world. What we can see, smell, taste, and touch becomes our reality. And God wants, that's called being carnal. And God wants us to rise above carnality and live in the supernatural realm he created us to live in. To walk by faith and not by sight. See, faith does, isn't moved by what it sees. Faith is only moved by what it believes. Amen? Amen. 
And so you have to come to a place that says, yes, these may be the facts, but let me tell you the truth. Okay? The truth says, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Now, what I have to do is impose the truth on my body and make it come into agreement with the Word of God. Command it. You know, Paul said, I buffet my body. You got to get tough with it sometimes. Well, I don't feel good. Nobody asked you how you felt. But I'm weak. And the more you say you're weak, the weaker you're going to be. Say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, people. I'm going to give you one more testimony. If that don't do it, y'all on your own. I'll let, <laughs> let Pastor Rob deal with you. I don't know. <laughs> High five. <laughs> we had a woman one time. Her name was Diane. Diane had metastatic bone cancer. It literally had eaten through every bone in her body. Diane was on hospice. She weighed about 80 to 84 pounds estimated. She had decubitus ulcers. Anybody not know what decubitus ulcers are? All the way down her spine, you could see her backbone. One day, she lived on a fourth of a can of Insure a day. That's all she could get down. One day, she lay in her hospice bed and went to move her leg. And when she did, she watched her own leg break because the cancer had eaten through the bone so badly. Now, I'm looking around this room, and I don't see any of y'all in the condition Diane was in. So you cannot tell me your condition is more serious than hers, okay? Every day, her family, who loved her tremendously, would come in and say to her, we release you to go home and be with the Lord. We can't bear to watch you suffer anymore. We release you to go. She later said to me, she said, every time they come in here and they say those words to me, when they leave, she said, I turn my face to the wall like King Hezekiah. And I say, Lord, I thank you that I walk by faith and not by sight. What a bold courageous statement for someone who literally is standing at the door of death. I thank you, Lord. She didn't beg God to heal her. She didn't plead with God to have mercy. She thanked God that she could walk by faith and not by sight. Days went by, weeks went by, months went by. And one morning, her family come in to check on her, and Diane was gone. There was just one problem. They didn't know where she was. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and they looked, and she was out of that hospice bed. 
She was gone. And they looked, and she was sitting in another room. And they said, how did you get here? I walked. <laughs> Do you understand the power of coming in agreement with the word of God? And you do it, and you do it, and you do it until it manifests itself. See, many people miss their healing waiting and looking for a miracle. Now, we love miracles. I've seen miracles. I've seen brain dead people get up. Yes, I've seen dead people get up. Yes, I've seen body parts grow. Yes, I've seen tumors disappear. Yes, I've seen people based on nothing but the Word of God. As we ministered the Word of God, come back and say, I am no longer on the heart transplant list. The doctors say, I don't need a new heart. I've got a new heart and took me off all my medicines. I've seen them come off of dialysis based on the Word of God. You can't see. I, this is what I like to tell people. It's too late to tell me healing's not for today. I've experienced it. I'll probably share some more of these tomorrow with you. But nonetheless, it's up to you to believe and receive. Take authority of your body. You speak to it. You talk to it. Believers shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Are you sick? Are you laying hands on yourself? Are you commanding your body to line up with the word of God? I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've done that with my back, with the, the mass in my abdomen. They said was so big, they couldn't tell where it began and where it ended. They hoped if it was this kind of cancer as opposed to this kind of cancer, I'd already be dead. Hello, I'm not dead. I don't have back problems. Hello. I don't have eye problems when they told me that I had holes in my retina and all this. And I found this wonderful word called shalom. And I just started doing this. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Some of you sitting there right now ought to be going shalom, shalom, shalom. You're waiting on me to do it for you. And God's waiting on you to take him at his word and do it. Lay your hand on that knee that's hurting. And command the pain to get off of you. Lay, stand up. Put your hands on your hurting back. And command the pain to get off of you. I'm not joking with you. I'm not going to do it for you when God has already equipped you to do it for yourself. Who in here has back pain? Look. How many of y'all are standing up doing what I just told you? <laughs> the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. If you got a knee that don't bend, tell it I said bend in the name of Jesus. Come on. They still sit in pain. I told you I was turning them over to you. Shalom. Pain, get off of me. Back, straighten up. Vertebrae, move. Shift. Heart, beat normally in the name of Jesus. Oh, listen. Cloudy thinking. Cloud, get off of my brain. I have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Heart, I call you healed in Jesus' name. Begin to do what God said you can do. See, our problem is we always want somebody else to do it for us. 
And Jesus has already empowered every one of us to do it. Now listen to me. I asked earlier if there's anybody in here that needed salvation. But let me tell you what. Even if you're not born again, Jesus will heal you. Who do you think he healed when he walked on the face of the earth? None of them were born again. They were all a stinking bunch of heathens. But because he walked in the mercy and grace and compassion of God, he healed them all. Do you understand? So don't you sit there and think God won't touch me. God won't heal me. He will. Who over here has had really severe pain? I don't know. The, uh, Jesus. Oh, over here. Over here. Have you started telling the pain to get off of you? You already got it. See, I told you when it happened, yell at me. You didn't yell at me. <laughs> it's okay. Come here. I can't hear you. Tell me. Come here. I want them to hear you. See, when you start releasing your faith testimony, other people will begin to grow. Somebody else over here raised their hand. They had pain. Is your pain gone? Gone? Well, come here. Let's tell somebody. Just tell them where you hurt and that it's gone. That's all you need to do. You don't need your life story. My hips and legs. <laughs> so I got up and walked to the bathroom to check myself to make sure it was gone. And I came back and it was gone. Can we say thank you, Jesus? Had stomach problems for since Christmas. Uh -huh. It's gone. It's gone. Anybody else want to give a quick testimony what God has already done tonight? And, oh, come now. Come, come, come. If God has done something for you, the word says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Who else? You had pain and pain is gone. Just raise your hand. I won't make you get up. You were in severe pain and pain is gone. Praise God right there. Who else? Pain's already gone. Let me see your hands. I can't tell who's waving it. Right here. Pain is gone, honey. All gone. Praise God. Anybody else? Who had a knee they couldn't bend and now they can bend it? Come on. Let me see you. Right here. Right here. Couldn't bend your knee and now you can. Who had back pain? Really, really bad back pain. Gone. Stand up. Stand up. Tell, lay your hands on your back. Say, in the name of Jesus, I command this pain to get off of me now in Jesus' name. Is it gone? Well, tell the rest of it to go. Well, tell it to go. That's right. Jesus. Come here. You mind if I use you as an example? Okay. Glory to God. I know the time. We're going to go home in a few minutes. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.